All right, welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your tribal hostess, your movement motivator, your passion instigator. I am Paulette Ristini, and I thank you for being here again with us for another episode. And today I have a special guest from here on the West Coast, right? Yes. Jessica, you're in Seattle. Jessica Norman is with us today, and she has got lots of groovy, juicy <laughs> things going on. <laughs> so I'm really happy to bring you here to all our people art out in hustle, heart and hustle land. And Jessa, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So, so tell us, I mean, you do so many things. You have a new book. I do. <laughs> oh my God. You're, yeah. You're a woman after my heart. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on in your world? What are you doing? Well, let me, let me start by telling you, I do have a, I host a podcast called Better Sex, and that explains my environment. So I don't know, you know, your listeners or watchers probably don't see this very often, but I'm stuck in like a little recording closet, basically, with poor lighting, and, and that's where I am, in case people wonder. Um, I am a closet. <laughs> well, it's actually a soundproof phone booth, but I just call it a closet, because I, every Monday, I basically spend my day in here. <laughs> so. Love it. That's where I am. Um, and I'm a couples counselor and a certified sex therapist. And I have a private practice in Seattle uh, where I work almost exclusively with couples that are struggling with sex and intimacy. And then um, I just released a book, my first book called Sex Without Stress. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, which was a big deal. It's sort of like a baby. <laughs> like, when did, like when did it come out? It came out in August. It, it Well, and like a baby it was supposed to come out in September and um, since this, this is all new to me and I'm self-published I didn't realize that when you approve the draft on Amazon boom it's live so it was it was sort of like a premature birth <laughs> so I, I was supposed to have another month to I don't know get my head around promoting it or something and all of a sudden it was out kind of anticlimactic but it was still exciting okay that's very exciting though congratulations that's thank you a big deal yeah, it's it was a big project, and and um, you know it really comes out of trying to. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how do I have a bigger impact than the people I can just see in my office in Seattle, right? Because I've got limited hours and limited, you know, uh, clientele that I can work with in so, person like that. So, are most of your clients in person then? Yeah, yeah, I do a little bit of online therapy, but those have to be Washington residents because that's where I'm licensed. Oh, okay. So it's not like I can just treat the whole world, you know, because we've got the web. It's well, yeah, it's just Washington state. And and my practice is I mean, it's sort of like a revolving door, but it's basically full. I mean, I only have so many hours that I can do that. So the and book and the podcast are, are trying to, you know, how do I get some of this information to more people? So um well, write well a book for sure. And and your podcast. So how long's your podcast been going on? I launched it in January, so okay. still a pretty pretty new thing. Um, but I'm I'm basically just having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know how big the reach is or what to do about it, except I have these, you know, basically an interview every week, and I really enjoy the conversation. So I'm going to keep doing it, even though it's a bit of an investment. But I, I have fun. It's good. Well, that's important, and it's inspiring. Yeah. Right? It inspires you. It feeds you yes. as well as, as you giving value back to the world. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so a sex therapist, how yeah. did you get into this? 
Well, I mean, let's see. The, the, the story goes, basically, I was getting divorced. I'd been a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling my kids for, you know, quite a while. And with getting divorced, I had to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? Um, and decided to go back and get my master's to be a therapist. I knew from the beginning I wanted to work with couples. Mm. Um, you know, my parents, my parents were happily married for 52 years until my mom died. And yet, all four of us children have been divorced. <laughs> so I think there was this, you know, it wasn't enough to be raised around a good relationship to figure out what relationships need, you know, what makes them work. So I think I've had this fascination around what, what makes relationships work, right? What makes them successful? Um, so I knew that. And then early in my training, a sex therapist came and gave a presentation and she talked about how she considered most of her work to be grief and loss work. Hmm. And something about that comment just hit me like viscerally in the gut, right? People are suffering if their sex life isn't working. And I just, I don't know, it was like one of those lightning bolt things. So in that moment, I knew I wanted to be a sex therapist. Yeah. Oh, I, lo I love moments like that, right? I do too. And they don't happen to me all the time, right? I've had a few of them, but, uh, but that was one. That's awesome. Well, that yeah. was an important one. Important yes. One. Yes, so it how was. How many years have you been doing this? Well, let's see. I graduated, uh, I, I guess I've been doing it about eight years. Okay. Um, and I've worked with couples the whole time. And then it, it, a year after I got my master's is when I could start the sex therapy training. Mm -hmm. So I did that as soon as I possibly could and, you know, started focusing on sexuality at that point. And then I've been certified for almost six years now. Right. Yeah. And, and so what, and you work for yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Just what, <laughs> so building up the practice and of course it's different, you know, it's different than coaching because like you said, you're licensed in, in yeah. so you have, you have a different parameters you have to work with. Yes. Uh, what has been, some of the hard part for you uh, building your business as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur? Well, the building the private practice part um, wasn't that hard for me. I, I feel like I had, I had a business oriented mind already, which is very different than a lot of therapists. So I really enjoyed the numbers part and the marketing part and the strategy part, all that, you know. And yeah. so I, you know, like I had colleagues who loved the therapy part and then totally fizzled out in private practice and didn't want to do any of the business building. And actually for, for many years, I ran a group for people new in private practice to help them with that part of the, the business. And I really enjoyed that until I got too busy to continue to do that. So that part, I feel like sort of came naturally to me and I really enjoyed. And I always made, I made a big effort to connect with people. I'm an extrovert. And so even though I see with, you know, see clients all day, I've, I've had a lot of networking and consult group and, you know, I make sure to stay connected uh, with other people and get other input and other support and just, you know, just socialization. So that part has worked really well. The part I guess I struggle with is, or I think I am right now, which is how do I leap from seeing clients in my office in a traditional therapist format to trying to make a much bigger impact in the world, you know? So trying to figure out how to do that and how to get, what help do I need? That's been a little bit baffling to me. Hmm. Well, and I mean, it sounds like you're conquering that. You've got the book. Right? Well, yeah, I'm certainly taking steps with the book and the podcast and I have some ideas, but I haven't translated that yet into, um, 
you know, the sort of massive impact I'd like to have, you know, for whoever needs it. <laughs> so still a work in progress. Uh, always. Yeah. Right. Always, always, always. As yeah. a, you know, I've been working for myself for most of my adult life. Yeah. Yeah. And it never stops. And it's a right. constant growth and a constant learning. And now of course with technology and computer, it's, that's another continuous learning step by step phase. Yeah. All these and I don't know if you have, I mean, I have these questions too about social media. Like everybody's going, I mean, I have a social media presence. It's not huge or anything, but I tend to it. And, and I've been really wondering about the utility of that. Like I know everybody's on it, but it also, as somebody who's on social media, just as an individual person, I get tired of it. It just, it, I feel like I'm being just washed in things. Every, I can't tell anything apart. I don't know how much I care about anything I'm seeing. So I'm really struggling too with what's the investment or the utility, you know, how do you, how do you use technology in ways that, that really connect us and not just put us in front of people? You know what I mean? Because right. Well, so I think it has to be about the value. It has to be about the message. It's like, right. What are you bringing to people that is going to keep them wanting to come back to keep them yeah. connected that will enhance their life? Right, right. And what's the format? And this is what I don't know. What's the format that really resonates for people? Like I have my message and my content that I'm trying to share. And how do people want to get it? Right? <laughs> do they want to listen to a podcast? Do they want to read a little, you know, see a little meme on Instagram? Like where I, I, I don't know. I, well, I think it's everything. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And if people are all different, right? Take yeah, my sweater I off. Mean, some people, I, I love visual. You know, so that's why I do Heart and Hustle as an, a, a video, which can still be audio only because it can come out on SoundCloud. And right, I, right. Uh, but I'm visual. I want to see who I'm talking to or who I'm listening to. And, yeah. you know, I've just, I've always been that way. That's my aesthetic as a, a photographer and dancer, right. you know, a, a creative. Uh, and so I just think everybody relates in different ways. And sometimes it's a matter of really knowing who your, your perfect, your ideal customer avatar is. Right, right. And then sometimes it's just going to be, you're just going to connect with, bam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and doing, doing it from your heart, I think, is the most important thing. Because yeah. you're trying to fit into all those technological facets if they're not resonating with you, they're not going to resonate with anybody else. Right. Yeah, true. True. And every time I sort of struggle with what am I doing? It's like, I always come back to what's my, why, what, what difference am I trying to make in the world? And it's like, I just try to ground myself in that. Oh, I know that's such a, <laughs> that's, just keep going. Such a great question. The why, yeah. why, the why, um, what's his name? Simon Sinek. Oh yeah. I don't know him. Oh, Oh, great. Oh, he's got a great <laughs> Ted talk about the why he's got a book oh. about the why. <laughs> Really good. And he's very scientific. So um, definitely check him out. I will. Good I will. Stuff. Good stuff. So I want to get back to some of the juice of your work. Okay. So what, 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 I guess, what part of your work, what is it that drives you? I mean, you talked a little bit about this, but what really drives you to connect people with, with sex, with pleasure, with connection? I let's see if I can even articulate that, but I really believe, I mean, sex is really important. Why? I mean, it's like, it's our, well, I, 
I mean, I know why, but why? <laughs> I, I mean, how do I, maybe it's like the water I swim in, right? It's hard to articulate. I feel like it's a birthright we have. It's so essential to who we are as human beings and in relationship connecting with somebody else. And, I, and when I say sex, I don't mean any particular thing. I'm not just talking about like intercourse or something, but I think our sexuality and our intimacy and our emotional connection is just fundamental to, to bringing us together and sharing moments as people. And there is, there's so much in the way of that, you know, in our culture and religious upbringing and experiences that we've had. I mean, just so many things. And, and it's, it's a shame, you know, it's, it's really sad when people don't have access to that part of themselves or the ability to share that with their partner. Mm -hmm. um, it's heartbreaking. And the nice thing about the work I do is I can actually really make a difference a lot of time. You know, like I go to work and can actually help people, <laughs> which is, um, <laughs> yeah, which is really good. And I'm like, I, I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, every therapist in every niche has the capacity to help people, but there's something about working with couples and even specifically with sex where I think I can be, I can be helpful a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, it's concrete and it's something, it's so specialized. It, it, it's a shorter term therapy generally too. So there's something, wow. there's something about being able to get in there and really make a difference that I love. Shorter term therapy. That's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, no, it, re it really is. If people that do individual therapy are often, you know, see their therapist for years and years and couples work is not like that. And even more specifically with sex, it tends to be a little bit more concrete, the kinds of trouble that they're facing um, and small changes or mindset changes or information can make this huge turn, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's possible to have a pretty big impact kind of quickly. I mean, not in every case, some people I, you know, I see for a long time, but I, I've always meant to calculate this, but I think I see most of my clients for an average of three to six months. So. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so thinking about sex and so, you know, with, with my work on, on all levels with the, my physical work, my movement, my dance, as well as my coaching, uh, even my coaching approaches the clients physically as well as emotionally and spiritually. And because I work predominantly with women, mm -hmm. you know, I talk a lot about, the core, the power center, the, the, the belly, and, and the, the vagina, the, the feminine parts, because that, that's our creative zone. Right, right. That's our, our birthing center, birthing of everything, not just- Yeah, right, right, not just babies. Humans. <laughs> um, aliens, no. <laughs> I had that conversation with somebody, it's hysterical. Um, but- um, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this statement, that idea of, of how important it is to stay connected. Uh, and as aging women, yeah, in my case, I work with a lot of women who are older, uh, how it's easy to get disconnected. Yeah. And yeah. so, and you, you probably see that, but you've got your couples together. Yeah, I do work with generally people together because even if, uh, let's take a menopausal woman who's having sexual changes and is maybe losing libido or having pain or whatever's going on, even though that stuff is happening for her, um, 
it's also happening to the couple, mm-hmm. right? And the relationship dynamics play into some of the trouble sometimes and are certainly part of the solution, right? We, we always want both people involved, understanding what's happening, what's each of their contribution and how they're dealing with it, and how are they going to be allied as a team moving forward? So, you know, I'll hear from menopausal women or I'll hear from men who have ED or something like that who, want, who think they need to come in alone because they're the one with the issue. But I always want to see the two people together. Nice. Yeah. So how do you, okay, now let's turn it back <laughs> a bit. Okay. How do you sustain yourself when you do this kind of work with others? Because you put so much out there to them. How do you feed yourself? Well, I, um, I was, I guess I was raised in a family that, that was very good at self care. So I didn't even, I didn't know that phrase. I didn't understand that concept until I was in grad school and people were talking about their struggles with self care. And I was sort of like, like, I couldn't even wrap my mind around. I mean, I know this sounds so strange and I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or something, but it was like, what, how do you, you know, that's when I became aware that this is a thing uh-huh. that some people really, a lot of people actually really struggle with. And for me, I, I, it, I guess it's like how I was raised. So I hardly think about it, but I, I rest, I eat well, I exercise, I'm connected to people. I socialize, I give myself downtime. I have fun. I, you know, it, I can't do the work unless I take care of myself. This is not a job where you can phone it in, you know? So <laughs> like I have to be doing those things that, yeah. that take care of me so I can show up and be my full self with clients, you know? Um, yeah. And so I've learned to articulate a little bit about what I do thinking about it, but I, before I was like, I don't even know how to say what I do. <laughs> so do you have, do you have a daily practice like a meditation practice or? No, nothing quite that formulaic, I guess. Um, you know, sometimes I go in and out of a daily exercise practice. And right now I'm sort of off the wagon between various injuries that my husband and I will have because we do that together. So we're still climbing back on that one. Um, sometimes I spend some morning time, you know, either medita- meditating or envisioning my day linked to the future I'm trying to create, but not every day, you know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I'm napping on my off time during the day. That's a nice thing about it. Being a therapist with a, a couch and a do not disturb sign. It's like, Excellent. Excellent. So I rest when I need to rest, but it's, it's more, um, movable than that. It's sort of a moving target. It's like, what do I need today? Uh, and I, you know, I might be better served having a really more of a practice. Uh, it just hasn't, it hasn't fit time wise yet the way I need to see clients and the way I have to commute. Well, it sounds like you definitely have, um, you have a handle on, on it. You know, you I think so. I mean, I've got something that works for me. I, I, you know, I think it could be improved. And I think part of um, when the day comes that I am, I've transformed my business a little bit in this bigger way, and I have maybe fewer clinical hours, I think one of the first things I will carve out is more morning time so that I could really have a daily practice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. I, I have to have that. Yeah. I know that that's a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. I have that time to myself in the morning, whether it's before my husband gets up or after he goes to work, you know, it's kind of like I, there's a balance in there. Yeah. Uh, but if I don't spend that time and, and a lot of it is out when I'm walking and running 
envisioning the day. Right. Walk, gratitude practice. Yeah. Journaling. I mean, I got it going on. I've been yeah, doing yeah, good. <laughs> years and years and years. And I teach all my clients that. I think it's really important. Yeah. And, and it is a shame to see how so many people, and again, in my, in my case, women in particular, who um, don't allow themselves that, yeah. that pleasure, you know? I mean, and then you can take that further into your orgasmic zone. Yeah, I mean, right. It's, it's all the same thing. How much do you give yourself the space and the pleasure? How much awareness do you have about what you need? And how do you give yourself that? How do you advocate it for it within your life and your relationships? And it's all, you know, it's all tied together yeah. in my mind. So how, how important, I mean, I, I, I've ta talked to and seen lots of podcasts and stuff about, um, uh, with other sex therapists type. And um, how important is orgasm? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. So on the one hand, I think it's very nice to be able to have an orgasm if you want one. But it's also a problem to decide that's the goal of what you're doing, mm. right? Like we get too goal oriented, too sure. orgasm focused, focus as if, as if sex is a, you know, a staircase or a, a linear progression towards the goal of orgasm and then it's done. And that doesn't serve either partner right. if you're together or in solo sex, right? It's, it's much more important to enjoy the journey and to have it be more. I was just doing an interview with somebody who, talk who talked about it like a circle and all these things are points along the circle and there's no order or stopping point, you know, but it is nice to be able to hit all the points on the circle. So for instance, if there's a woman that's struggling with orgasm, I do think it's worth taking the one track of, of working on that, you know, exploring your own body and your own pleasure. A lot of that would be solo play potentially, um, and trying to be able to gain the capacity to discover your orgasm and have that experience. Mm -hmm. At the same time, trying to have sexual experiences that aren't so goal-oriented, where you're just totally immersing in the moment and the connection and the pleasure that you can have. Does that answer your question? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. I, you know, you, you hear a lot about the idea that orgasm is the release and the pleasure and that leads to your creative, you know, enlightenment, I guess. I'm not quite sure what the word would be. Uh, and, and I can see that. And, but I, I, I do agree too. I mean, everything is about the journey, no matter what yeah. path you're on. It's all about right. the journey. It's not necessarily end goal. It's nice to envision what you want. Yeah. What you want that end product to be the why, right? Yeah. But not to forget this, the path. Yeah, and I don't, I personally, I don't believe that the or, orgasm gives you access to some magical place that you can't get to without it. <laughs> you know, like, yes, it's a, it's a unique sensation, but even, you know, I, I talk to so many people about sex in my office all day. Some people have orgasms and it's really no big deal. Like, what is everybody talking about? They're having it, but their, their experience of it is not like it's some big thing. You know, and other people have these orgasms that seem mind-blowing. And, and it's not like something's better than the other or that you're doing something wrong. It's all of our physical experience is unique. Mm -hmm. And so how important it is or how powerful it is to any one person really doesn't 
doesn't say anything about how it's going to be for somebody else. Right. So yes, it's a release. Yes, it's a type of experience, but don't feel bad about yourself. Uh, I, I, it's not, I don't think it's some key, you know, a key to some magic kingdom or something like that. <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's great. Oh, see, there's your next book. Yeah. <laughs> the key to the magic kingdom. Right. right. <laughs> or not. Right. <laughs> All the ways into the magic kingdom, probably. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. so good. Um, how long did it take you to write this book? Uh, well, it didn't. It was short and it was long at the same time. So I, um, I actually wrote the first draft in about three months. So that was quite fast. And I sort of signed up for a group to do that and just sort of turned right. it out. Mm -hmm. Then um, that was over last summer. Then I slowed way down because I knew I didn't want to release it till the following fall. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to release it in fall and that couldn't happen last fall. So then I was able to take, you know, sort of pick it up and do a bunch of editing and then set it aside and then pick it up and do editing, set it aside. And then of course hired professional editors and proofreaders and designers and all the different steps that it took to put it together. But I got to kind of take my time at that point, which was good because I, you know, I've gone through phases of being pretty sick of it. <laughs> you know, how many times I've read this thing and, and actually since I got the printed copy, um, I haven't read it. And I probably should just to see, are there any more typos in it? But oh, yeah, I know. I just can't bring myself to read it one more time quite yet. Do you have but, a copy right in front of you? Um, actually, I do in my bag here. Yeah. You can hold it up and show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So sex, sex without, without stress. stress. And, um, and my little penguin picture, because part of what I want to do achieve with the book is that it is for every couple every age, every, you know, gender orientation, race, you know, and it's trying to, trying to get an image that would speak to couples anxiety around sex and issues without having people was challenging. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the penguins. I'm <laughs> so, I yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. And do you see a book number two? I think I do. I have, um, part of what I love talking to clients about and I feel passionate about but I'm going to have to do more research is about eroticism, mm. which is what really brings the heat to sex. You know, that's the mental aspect. You know, when you hear the phrase about our brain being our biggest sex organ, this is what it means to me mm -hmm. is the energetics that make sex really hot. And we each have a unique eroticism. And so exploring that and understanding it and sharing it and tapping into that, um, I think is so powerful. So I, I would love to write that book. Um, but I'm not anywhere close to that. I'm going to have to do more research and figure out what, what more I've got to say about it, you know, but that's what I imagine is book number two. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, um, I've got, I have three books out and I'm starting work on two now. Two. Oh, two at the same time. God. Well, you know, <laughs> it's going to be this one and then it was going to be this one. And I actually outlined them both the other day. Uh, wow. I know. I mean, see, I don't, see, I don't see what you can do when you have a morning practice, right? <laughs> well, there you go. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's actually quite true. Yeah. And I probably, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm starting in about a week and a half. I'm going on a writer's retreat for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to see what comes out. And that, yeah. will, that will dictate which one I, I work on first or if I really can work on both at once. One of them yeah. is happily written. So oh. really it's just flush, flushing it out. Yeah. And is, uh, is way new. Yeah. So yeah. That will take 
that will take a while. And my first, my first big book, my first book was different. That was a photography book, but my second book, which is my big, beautiful, colorful tribal vision about my dance that I created and, and the experiences of all the women involved. And that took at least 10 years, if not. Well, yeah. But that was without extreme focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this one, I hope it doesn't take 10 years. <laughs> but you know what? Whatever. It's the journey. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's a journey and not the outcome, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's all fun. It's all yeah. good. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what a pleasure. What a delight to talk with you. Yeah, you too. And I'm so excited about the work that you're doing in the world and bringing, bringing to the world, sharing with the world, making the world a better, happier, more I, I, I know it sounds corny, but that's really what I'm trying to do. I feel like, you know, trying to make the world a better place, like one relationship at a time. Yeah, it's so good. So. It's so not corny. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's so beautiful. And just to, just to own it and do it and, and make the change. Yeah. Change you want to see in the world. Right. 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 So good. Well, thank you so much, Jessa, for being with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for all our people out in heart and hustle land. And uh, uh, blessings to you and great success. Thank on, you. On all your growth. And everyone out there in, in heart and hustle land, thank you for joining us for yet another episode. Heart and hustle, visionary healers, movers, and shakers. And talk about making change in the world, right? That's what we all want to do and see and be a part of. Yeah. So many blessings to all of you out there. Have a fantastic week, two weeks, until I see you again next time. And uh, I am Paulette Reese-Denis. Thank you for being here. <laughs>